Hello and welcome to the podcast. This week's episode is going to be a little bit different, as I will be answering listeners' questions. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 39 of How Haunted, a weekly paranormal podcast where each episode we explore the horrible history and terrifying ghost stories of one of the most haunted places on planet Earth. I'm Rob Kirkup, author, paranormal historian, and ghost hunter from the northeast of England. Allow me to be your guide as we dare to investigate in depth the often dark and troubled history of each location, and of course, the chilling tales of the ghosts that reside within. This week, I answer your questions here on How Haunted. Let's dive straight into the mailbag and see what questions have came in since I started the podcast back in September of 2022. I'll probably do one episode like this every year, so if you want your questions answered next time out, drop me an email at rob at how-haunted.com or tweet me at howhauntedpod. The first question comes from Gemma Burton from Northampton, and Gemma asks, How did you get into the paranormal? The answer to this would come in two stages. So when I was a child, I used to go to the library every week with me, Nana and my brother. We went to a little village library in Fordley, which was the village that I grew up in. And every week, I would pick some books from the children's section, check them out and take them home. But there was one week, when I was probably nine years old, where I was curious about the grown-up section. I had a wander over and I had a look at some of the books on the shelves. And I saw things there on sport and all sorts of non-fiction topics. I wandered over to the counter and spoke to the librarian. Standing on my tiptoes, I looked over the counter and said, am I able to take any books out from the grown-up section? And she said, yeah, yeah, by all means, go and help yourself. Come back and I'll check them out and you can take them home. That's no problem. So I went and had a look and I found myself in a very small section with about five or six books on the paranormal I think the first book that I picked up and checked out was 
And I've got it in my hand here. Modern Mysteries of Britain by Janet and Colin Board. 100 Years of Strange Events. And I flicked through the pages and I thought, right, I'm going to take this home and have a read through it. Later on, when I was maybe a couple of years older, there was another book that came along. And this was probably the book that changed my opinion altogether on the paranormal. It, it was the Encyclopedia of Ghosts and Spirits by John and Anne Spencer. And they had books on the Loch Ness Monster and they had books on aliens. And they only had a small section, but I used to check the same books out time and time and time again. And I'd take them home and I'd pore over the black and white photographs that were in the, the glossy pages in the book and I'd read the ghost stories. And when I went to bed, I was terrified. But the curiosity that I had completely outweighed the fear that I felt. So I kept reading more and I'd read through the, the local newspapers and keep an eye out for anything to do with the paranormal. And it was just an interest that always existed. I guess I've always had a curiosity and a fascination with anything that isn't entirely black or white. Such as cryptids, aliens and of course ghosts. This was a keen interest that I've always had. But how I actually got into proactively going out looking for ghosts. That came about in 2002. So I listened daily to a local late night phone in show which was from 10 o'clock at night or 2 o'clock in the morning every Sunday through Thursday and it was a show called Night Owls on a station called Metro Radio FM here in the northeast of England. Anyone listening from the northeast will immediately know what I'm talking about. It was hosted by a man called Alan Robson who hosted the show for over 40 years until sadly it ended a couple of years back which was dare I say a terrible mistake by the new owners of the station as Alan had and still has a fierce and loyal following. Alan did regular spooky shows, and his annual Halloween shows were the stuff of legend here in the Northeast. In 2002, when I was listening to it, in the months leading up to Halloween, he asked for anybody who wanted to be involved in the Halloween show to write in, as he was going to be picking some on-the-spot ghost hunters. He would send them to a location believed to be haunted, while he presented a suitably spooky show from the safety of his studio. And if any of the ghost hunters experienced anything, they would call the hotline and he'd get them straight on air, and we would become part of the show. I'd never considered actually going out on a ghost hunt before, but I immediately thought, that sounds incredible. I'd recently graduated from university, and I thought that if I was selected, I could round up a few of the friends I'd made at university to become my team. I wrote Alan a letter, explaining why I wanted to be involved, and I waited. Maybe a week later, Alan mentioned on air that he was going to select 10 people, but so far he'd received over 5,000 letters. I thought to myself, oh well, it seemed like a good idea, but there was no chance now. I got home from work a week or two later, and there was a letter waiting for us, and it had a Metro Radio logo on the envelope. When I opened it, I now know how Charlie must have felt when he opened that bar of chocolate and saw that shiny golden ticket. I was one of the ten. I contacted my friends Andy Markwell, John Crozier and David Henderson and I filled them in on the details and of our quest. We were off to Torquentown, which is a 60 acre glacial lake in the village of Brampton in Cumbria. The previous month, 23 people had witnessed the bloody apparition of a young lady walk from the lake in broad daylight. This made front page news in the area. This may well have been the restless, heartbroken spirit of poor Jessie, who in the 1850s 
was drowned in the lake by her lover. We went along for a recce visit during the day, and then when Halloween came along we had a fantastic night. At times it was genuinely scary, but it was exhilarating. I won't go into too much detail about what happened as I plan on doing an episode all about Talk and Tarn, but that night had me hooked. I went off and I started organising my own investigations, I put a website together, and that then in turn led to me writing books, and eventually creating this podcast. If Alan hadn't picked me to be part of that show, I've no doubt whatsoever that I'd never have done any of that. I wouldn't have written any of the books, and I wouldn't be recording this podcast right now. The next question comes from a listener in America, Charlotte Williams, who's listening in Los Angeles. She asks, do you believe in ghosts? Now this is a good question because most people assume that I unquestionably believe, considering that I write books and I record a podcast all about the paranormal. However, I would describe myself as an open-minded skeptic, looking for my own personal proof. I've experienced things on investigations that I can't explain, as you'll have heard, especially if you're a Patreon supporter, but I need more. So I'll continue to investigate until I'm left in no doubt about the existence of spirit. I don't expect anybody to find their own truth in other people's experiences. So if I talk about something that I've experienced on this podcast, I don't expect that to change the way that anybody listening feels about the existence of ghosts. With something like this, you need to experience it for yourself. It needs to be a first-hand experience, whether that be seeing something, feeling something, hearing something, whatever it may be. Next question comes in from John Spencer from Aberdeen, and John asks, Which of the places you've covered would you spend a night if you were able to choose any of them? This is a really, really difficult question, as we've covered so many historic, fascinating and terrifying locations on the podcast to date. There's been 38 episodes in the lead up to this one, but there's been far more locations than that when you consider the Ghost Trail of Cumbria, the Ghost Trail of County Durham, the Halloween Ghost Walk, and the Nightmare Before Christmas special in 2022. By my count, we've covered 95 scary places so far, and that isn't including the Patreon episodes. I've thought long and hard about this particular question since it landed in my inbox, and I think there's a good case for at least a dozen or more. The obvious choices being the Jamaica Inn, the Ancient Ram Inn, Chillingham Castle, Then, if you think about our Halloween special focused on York, you've got York Minster, the Treasurer's House, Clifford Tower, and then of course there's the Tower of London. With all that said, however, I think my answer would be the Roman Colosseum that we looked at way back in episode 5. What an incredibly historic location. It's almost 2,000 years old, and it's seen such horrendous death with around 400,000 people and around a million animals killed before a baying crowd for their entertainment. The idea of an unwilling gladiator being sent out to do battle with another gladiator, or worse, being sent out to be torn apart by a lion or another equally ferocious wild animal. It's hardly any surprise that suicide was commonplace by those who knew their turn to go out and fight in the arena was coming up, such as the 29 Saxons who strangled one another to death in fear of entering the ring to be torn apart by wild animals. I went to Rome back in 2019, 
and it's one of the greatest cities I've ever been to in my life. And I found the Colosseum to be an incredibly moving experience. At one point, I found myself alone high up where the seats would have been overlooking the arena. And I felt a chill pass through me when I imagined what took place right before where I was stood. Being in the Colosseum after dark all alone would be a thing of dreams. I know when I was in Rome back in 2019 and walked past it at night, it looks atmospheric from the outside so I can't imagine what it's like inside. It's an absolute impossibility. It's an investigation that no money could buy. But just imagine what it would be like. And of course, I'd have to go to Rome to be there, which would be an added bonus. As Rome is one of the most beautiful, historic and haunted cities I've ever been to in my life. The next question comes in from Emma Hedges from Scarborough. Emma asks, how and why did you start the podcast? So this is a good question. So last summer, the summer of 2022, I was chatting with a friend, one of my favourite people in the world. Hello if you're listening. And I don't remember how, but the topic randomly turned to, why don't I record a paranormal podcast? It was not something I'd been thinking about, not something that had ever been in my head prior to that moment. I've written quite a few books, with my first one being published back in 2008, and the paranormal's been a big part of my life since that fateful moment when I was selected to carry out that investigation at Talk and Tarn. In the summer of 2021, I started writing for a retro gaming magazine called Sega Mania. It was a physical magazine, and it was the brainchild of a lovely man by the name of Tim. I came on board whilst the team of Tim, Simon and Sam worked on issue 2, and by the time the magazine sadly wrapped up in October 2022, the team had comprised of, at some point, Tim, Sam, Simon, David, Alex, Steve, Tom and myself. So anyway, in January of last year, 2022, we started the Sega Mania podcast. I don't think it's available anywhere anymore, sadly, but it was good fun and I loved doing it. And I think the idea for the podcast probably came about because of how much I enjoyed recording with the guys. I honestly think if I'd never recorded the Sega Mania podcast, I would never have had the confidence to do this. So during this throwaway five minute conversation last summer with my friend, we came up with the idea of me recording a solo podcast with each episode focusing on a location, getting into detail about the history and then the spooky side of things. It was one of those things where it might sound like a great idea, but it's soon forgotten. But I went away, watched a couple of videos on YouTube about how to edit a podcast, which was my only real concern, and I gave it a go. I wrote and recorded five episodes before it launched, as I knew a weekly podcast would be a challenge, so I wanted to give myself a bit of a head start, and now it's a huge part of my life. And I'm overwhelmed by how well it's been received. People really seem to enjoy it, and I've had feedback in the nine months since it launched, with suggestions such as dropping the sound effects that were in the earlier episodes, which I've done. The podcast just passed over 100,000 listens, which is incredible. When I started work on it, I never expected anybody to listen to it. And I think I even said if 100 people listened to an episode, I'd feel like I was doing well. The motivation to keep going and putting out a weekly episode really comes from how well it's being received, and I love hearing from people who enjoy it. So thank you for listening. The next question comes from Ian Douglas from Glasgow, and Ian asks, What's the biggest challenge I've faced doing the podcast? So the biggest challenge I think I faced initially was the sound of my own voice. 
having to record myself and then listen to myself over and over again while editing it together. And I think a lot of people feel that way about their own voice. But the biggest challenge that I've faced in the nine months that the podcast's been going is time. Putting out a weekly episode is a huge commitment of time. Because for every episode I write a script. And I've added up how many words I've written in the 38 episodes that precede this one. And it comes to 243,803 words. To put that into perspective, my book Paranormal Northumberland, which came out last month, was 20,000 words. The Amityville Horror episode, which came out in the new year, was almost 15,000 words on its own. If I add in the nine Patreon episodes that I've recorded to date, that's an additional 56,157 words, making it a total of 299,960,000 9, words. But I really enjoyed doing the podcast and I'm motivated to continue to put out an episode every week because of the fact that people are listening to it. I receive some really nice emails from people or messages on Instagram or Twitter and people make a bit of an event of the episode coming out. People look forward to it on a Friday morning. There's people who listen to it with the children and it's become a huge part of my life and hopefully it'll continue to grow and get better and I don't want to give anything away But I have got some exciting plans for things that I plan on doing a little bit differently moving forward. So watch this space. The final question comes from Sheila Lennon from Manchester, who asks, What do you do when you're not doing spooky things? Okay, so, love spending time with friends and family, that goes without saying. So I've got three dogs that I love taking for a walk, all Cocker Spaniels. I've got Indy. He was named after Indiana Jones, which is ironic, because Indiana Jones was named after the dog. And I've got Poppy and Piper. And I love walking in general. On July the 16th this year, I'm going to be walking 28 miles in one day with my brother, Tom, who you'll have heard us talk about on the podcast because he's done investigations with us. And my good friends, Dan and Andrew. And the four of us are going to walk 28 miles from Annick to Barnborough Castle in one day and it's to raise money for cancer research in memory of our good friend John who passed away in 2017 and he was only 34 years old Um, if you want to sponsor us the Just Given link will be in this podcast episode description and if anybody does sponsor me your name will go into a hat and at the end of July after I've done the walk I will pick out two winners who will each win a copy of one of my recent books Somebody will win a copy of Paranormal Northumberland and somebody else will win a copy of Illustrated Tales of Northumberland and I'll quite happily sign them. I love going on holiday and experience in other countries. I play a lot of video games when I've got a bit of free time. I've got a PlayStation 5 and a Nintendo Switch and I've played video games most of my life. Uh, My first home computer was a Sinclair Spectrum Plus 2 when I was about 8 years old and then I had a Mega Drive. And then from that point on, I've owned every PlayStation console that's existed. And talking of video games, I'm part of another podcast. So I'm part of a podcast called the Video Game Hall of Fame, which I do with Alex, Steve and Simon, who are three of the guys that I worked on the Sega Mania magazine with. As you can probably imagine from the name, it's a video game podcast. And each episode, we pick a specific genre, such as platformers or first-person shooters or open-world games. 
and we'll each put our nomination forward for what game we think from that particular genre should be entered into the video game hall of fame so for example in the last episode it was rhythm games and my nomination was guitar hero 3 legends of rock then we put a poll on twitter and we let the public decide which game gets entered in the video game hall of fame it's always great fun to do and i think it's very different to this not only because it's a completely different topic but because it isn't just me talking and i've got three other people to talk to so i love doing it and please feel free to check it out you can find it wherever you find your podcasts by searching for video game hall of fame i'll pop a link to it in this podcast episode description as well but i really enjoy doing that and of course a lot of my free time is taken up by doing spooky things so if i'm not looking for ghosts i'm writing about ghosts and if i'm not writing about ghosts i'm talking about ghosts and that brings all of the questions that i've received to a close if you want to ask me a question for the next time we do one of these, please feel free to drop me an email at rob at how-haunted.com. I'll always reply to emails that I receive anyway. It would be lovely to hear from you, and I'd love to do another episode like this in the future. I hope you've enjoyed this, because I know it's been a little bit different to what we do normally. But the good news is, we're back to normal next week. We'll be doing what we do best. We'll be turning our attention to a scary place. We'll be looking at the history of that location. And of course, the ghosts and ghouls that call that place home. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. You can follow How Haunted on Twitter at, at @howhauntedpod, or over on Instagram at howhauntedpod. If you want to get in touch you can do so by visiting the website at www.how-haunted.com or you can email me at rob at how-haunted.com Feedback, location, suggestions and your own experiences are all more than welcome. Feel free to ask me any questions you like and I'll answer them all on a dedicated Q&A episode just like this one. If you'd like to support the show, you can sign up to one of three Patreon tiers. They start at as little as £1.00 if you'd like to get early access to episodes, as well as access to exclusive episodes where you can join me on an actual paranormal investigation and hear the audio as it happened. You can gain access right now for less than the price of a pint, and there's nine episodes of this nature waiting for you. There's also a tier where not only do you get all of that, but you can get yourself some exclusive How Haunted merch, as well as joining me on an actual paranormal investigation via live stream and talk to me throughout the ghost hunt. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash howhauntedpod to find out more. If you aren't a fan of Patreon, or perhaps would prefer to make a one-off donation to the podcast, why not donate £2 to buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash howhauntedpod. All the information on how you can support How Haunted is in the podcast episode description and over on the website. I'm running a competition where two winners can win a signed copy of one of my new books. There's a copy of Illustrated Tales of Northumberland, which was released in February, and a copy of Paranormal Northumberland, which was released in May. Both are up for grabs. In July, I'll be walking 28 miles in one day to raise money for Cancer Research UK in memory of my dear friend who lost his battle in 2017, aged only 34. To enter the competition, as well as supporting the charity, 
only if you can afford to do so. Please consider heading over to justgiven.com forward slash page, P-A-G-E, forward slash walk for John 2023. That's walk, the number four, the name John with an H, 2023. The link is in the podcast episode description and sponsor me whatever you can afford. Then just drop me an email at rob at how-haunter.com and I'll pop your name in the hat. I'll then ship the books out to the two lucky winners anywhere in the world. If you've enjoyed this episode, if enjoy is the right word, then please subscribe and review the podcast on your podcast provider of choice. It really does help other people to find How Haunted. Next time out, we look at the most ancient location we've looked at so far on How Haunted. As we turn our attention to a monument dating back potentially as far as 3000 BC. A world famous landmark that nobody truly knows the purpose of. With the summer solstice just around the corner, I will once again be joined by Emma from Weird Wiltshire, who I spoke to on my Ancient Ram episode, and we will be discussing the folklore and the ghost stories that surround Stonehenge. Thank you so much for accompanying me for our paranormal adventures once again. Stay safe and join me next time when we will once again ask the question, How Haunted? <laughs>